0: Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Cranston Public Library. This is a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. Taylor is away this week. I'm your guest host, Robin, and I'm the branch librarian at the William Hall Library, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: Hi, I'm Ashara. I am a part-time library assistant here at William Hall Library, and I am also a student reference assistant at Rhode Island College's Adams Library.
2: Hi, I'm Zadie. My pronouns are they, them. I am a graduate student at URI in their MLIS program, and I also work at the Carothers Library in reference as a student assistant as well, and I do reference here at William Hill. Thank you both for
0: joining me today. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to you both about some of the differences and similarities between the two different types of libraries where you've been working. But before we get to that, let's start out as we always do with what have you been reading?
2: So lately I've been reading a lot of uh, YA and children's graphic novels. I'm hoping to eventually work towards being a teen librarian and I've always just um, been very into illustration as a printmaker myself. And so anytime there's something with some beautiful illustrations, I get pretty excited to check it out. Um, So I just recently finished Little Monarchs by Jonathan Case. And that is set in the future, not super distant future where the sun has become essentially toxic to humans. And someone has, discovered that the scales on monarch butterfly's wings can create an antidote or she's working to create an antidote so it follows a 10 year old and the adult that is caring for her as one of the they're the only couple of people out in the sun um trying to figure that out so i wish there was
0: more of it and art was really fantastic excellent that sounds really interesting Um, Shara, have you been reading anything?
1: Lately, I've been trying to get back into reading because as an undergrad, full-time student, it's like crazy, especially as a creative writing major. But two books I have read, at least in the past year or so, (laughs) um, would be one is called My Mad Fat Diary, and it turned into a TV show that aired back in 2013. It's like a British... um, show and it's basically about a teen girl who struggled with her mental health and her weight growing up and being in a psych ward for a short period of time and then getting back to high school and trying to like navigate high school all over again um, trying to make friends and yeah it's just like a lot that happened so that's more with um the show but with the book itself it's more like diving into mental health struggles and like how to navigate them but um, it's a teen book so it kind of comes from the perspective of like a younger person or somebody who's like experienced it and trying to um you know help younger people instead of just strictly telling their story so yeah Mm. wow that
2: sounds interesting too And a book I'm really excited about is Translation State by Anne Leckie. Um, She's one of my favorite authors. And I love sci-fi, but I'm very fussy about my sci-fi, I guess. And so that just came out and I got it, but I'm trying to behave myself and finish Clara and the Sun, which I'm currently reading before I jump into something else. So that's... That's one I'm really looking forward to. Clara and the Sun has been really good, too. I'm just, you know, in the back of my mind, I know that translation state is waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always
0: good. That's good Good pacing for yourself for when you are a full-time librarian and you, you may have even less time for reading at that point. I just finished reading a newly published historical fiction novel called The Paris Daughter by Kristen Harmel. She's a pretty well-known historical fiction author. She hasn't written that many books, but this is set uh, during World War II in Paris, and there are people that you meet during that time who are going through not very, you know, some really tough times. And one woman has to leave her daughter behind with another family, and um, so she has to flee. And they don't get reunited until 20 years later, the two women who are friends, and to find out what has gone on um, since then. Part of me could figure out some of the story, but there are some good twists and turns in it. So I'm sure it'll be a great suggestion for readers here at the library who like historical fiction. So has anyone been watching Anything interesting recently? Or, um, we're doing anything visual?
1: Um, recently, um, I finally got into Shameless, so I've been watching that, but it has like eleven seasons, so it's just like very long. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that, um, and another like series i've been getting into like i've kind of been into those like random toc shows and um (laughs) and i like to watch um a thousand pound best friends and a thousand pound sisters because i feel like like in comparison to my 600 pound life i feel like it's more of like you get it's more humanizing You really get their personal stories and their um personalities instead of just, you know, their progress or lack of progress. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting to get to know people. Like you
2: said earlier, Mashara, it's hard to find time for a lot of these things uh, in between grad school and working and internship. Um, So I haven't been watching very much these days. Um, Usually if I do, it's stuff on YouTube because it's shorter and easier to consume and short bursts of time um but what's been consuming any of my free time that i have lately is the new zelda tears of the kingdom um i tend to be someone who won't watch things or play video games for like months at a time and then when one when i get into one i get into it so uh after waiting three years for tears of the kingdom that's been um what i've been into lately it's just really beautiful and i like games where you get to explore more and it's really fun to find all the secrets and there are a lot of really good uh and unexpected outfits and i just i love things with lots of little details so that's been a good escape outside
1: of homework <laughs> yeah yeah i um i can relate I mainly watch movies instead of TV, but I mainly watch, like, commentary channels, and they're, like, you know, talking about controversial topics and their opinions, because I just kind of like to hear everybody's side on things, and be like, you know, what do you think about this?
2: It's kind of like listening to a podcast. (laughs) I like booktubers for that reason, because they'll talk about books I don't have time to read, and I don't have to watch it necessarily, but I'll have it on while I'm cooking or something. Yeah.
0: So, Mashara, you've been working in at the Adams Library at Rhode Island College for how many years now?
1: Um, I've been working this since September of 2021, so it'll be two okay. years in September. Okay.
0: So what made you want to get a job at the library?
1: Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I have to think two years back. No, oh. <laughs> Um. I think I had always been interested in library work like when I was like really young I thought I was like oh like I would like to be a librarian and then it kind of like you know just turned into other things because you know when we're young we're like oh I want to do this so I want to do that and then um, that same year earlier I switched my major from psychology to creative writing and then I was like you know I can do more things like kind of related to that and find more jobs that I would enjoy and could be more peaceful for me, so I thought I'd give the library a shot, and
0: it worked out well. (laughs) And what made you decide to apply for the job over here at the public library?
1: So after um, almost a year of working at the Adams Library, I had been talking to the reference librarians, and, you know, we had been talking about, like, maybe becoming a librarian and um and that was something I was interested in so I was like you know let me just see like how a public library works before I like decide okay I want to be a librarian based off one job experience which of course it was a great it's a great one since I that inspired me to do something with it but you know, maybe I would decide that I wouldn't want to be an academic librarian and that I want to be a public librarian, so. Nice. Yeah.
0: So what's what's your verdict at this point? At this point,
1: yes. At this point, I do enjoy doing both, but I would say um, I am more interested in, Maybe being like a circulation manager instead of um, going for my master's at this time. It might be something in the future, but I definitely need a break from school after I finish my undergrad. (laughs) So um, I might revisit that. But right now I'm thinking bachelor's degree and then circulation manager if something comes up. So
0: Nice. That makes sense. I took a break. And uh, full disclosure, I didn't mention, well, every you both mentioned that you worked over here, so you do work directly for me, so no pressure <laughs> in saying that you like working better. <laughs> very, very much kidding. Um, I took a, a break of about uh, eight years between doing undergraduate and graduate, and Zadie, you've also told me that you had a bit of a break in between when you started, and what made you decide to go to grad school and do library school?
2: So I had a very, I had a sizable break. Um, I graduated uh, college in 2011, um, and I had gone for printmaking and sculpture, and I had the idea of maybe wanting to be a librarian back then, but I was very burnt out on school and very intimidated by the idea of what I thought graduate school would look like for being a librarian, and I went to alternative school for very many years. And yeah, that it was just too much at that point in time. So um, what shifted was after working for food serv- in food service jobs for many years, I knew that I loved working with young people. I mentored at an after school program for teens for a few years and really enjoyed that um, and it sort of it took some time but then it became apparent that pursuing an MLIS degree was a very solid way to marry several areas of interest um, and to use a skill set I had already developed and I'm someone who does like figuring things out and looking things up and doing. The research, And even if like traditional school doesn't appeal to me, I enjoy learning and figuring things out. So it, it ended up, I was very fortunate in that this program at URI has worked out for how my brain works. Um, and uh, it's been really great. So that's what led me to finally going back to school. And I'm glad that I waited going to grad school in my 30s, I think is a lot more manageable than it would have been in my 20s. So it worked out.
0: And what major differences have you noticed, Zadie, between the URI library and the William Hall library?
2: So William Hall and URI, technically I am reference at, I work within reference at both. But because URI is a school, I'm dealing with different sets of questions there. And I do often work with a younger set of people. It's usually undergrads that come in and ask for assistance. Sometimes it's people from outside URI, and that's always interesting to see what folks are looking for. Um, Here I've had less research-based questions, and it is more technical-based assistance. Folks that need to know how to access information or how to send information or what programs to use for things. Um, so it's definitely been different where there have been a handful of people that want to know more about, you know, accessing certain things like a database or can you find new books on this topic? Um, but URI is a lot more like I have a paper due on this thing and I need seven cited resources so it's a lot um, it can be a lengthier process
1: mm.
0: yeah and what about you Mishara what do you what have you noticed is like a major difference between the two libraries
1: well for me it's like two totally different departments because at um at Rick, I'm strictly referenced, whereas here I'm mainly circulation so Mm I um so just even in that sense like doing different tasks like at the Adams Library um you know people are just like Xavier was saying like coming up and being like hey do you have this book this article how can I access this journal um you know and I need I need all these sources for my paper next week kind of thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so that's like a lot of what I do there another thing we were doing for the most part was just helping with printing because printing became like a seven step like project but now we have the IT the library yeah at adam's library yeah so um but now we have the it department is now in the library and can now like help with that so we can do more so i can do more like reference-based projects like over the summer like i just did um I did the dead link reports and web staffer, so I just make sure links are like, hey, this doesn't actually work, and then send that to people, and, you know, um, just other things that, like, you know, being an actual assistant to the reference mm. library, I like, their tasks, so, um, yeah, so that's what I do there, whereas here, um, I mainly ch- check people in, like, check their books in, check them out. Um, help them find books, Um, you know, it's kind of like a mix of it all. So I think, yeah, yeah. so here it's more dealing with the public, whereas, like, at the academic library, it's more, you know, dealing with students, but sometimes we do get, like, the regular public.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the students are your public when you're in the college or university library, but, and I've only ever worked in the public library as both of you may know from hearing me talk uh, about my job experience over the past but my first job was in circulation at the Barrington Library and I thought that it gave me a really good foundation so that's one of the things that I think that's good about working here is that you do get to do mainly circulation and also a little bit of reference so that's why I'm really appreciative that I have both of you and, and other folks here on our staff who are able to answer so many different types of questions. And, uh, you know, I think we have a good team going on here. Um, people who are able to roll with the punches and everybody shares experiences and ideas and helping patrons. So I, I feel like it's a nice, uh, it's a, a good give and take with what people knowledge that people have on staff you know like both of you have different knowledge that you keep with you like i do doreen does jill so it's it's nice especially for readers advisory which you may not read all the different genres of books that people ask about but you know other people on staff who do and that's a really important thing to be able to grab somebody else and say hey Uh, You like historical fiction, Robin? Can you help this woman? She's looking for something in historical fiction, that kind of thing, which is great. Well, I'm going to. I don't want to keep you too too much longer, uh, but I do want to ask you our final uh, segment for the podcast. We wrap up the show with a segment called the last chapter. And we talk about a library or bookish related question. So the question that I came up with earlier today is, what's your favorite spot in one of the libraries where you work or you've spent time in the past when you were a kid, whether it was, you know, a a reading spot or a spot where you work." Like I, for example, I like to be able to be out at the circulation desk and be able to look around and see what's going on with everyone just because at this library, it's such a pretty building that you can just like look up at the ceiling and see all the the detail work, and there's a lot to see, whereas other libraries where I've worked have been kind of boring. So, uh, Zadie, do you have a favorite spot either for fun work or for enjoyment at a library where you've spent time in your
2: life? So at URI, at the Carruthers Library, the Kingston campus, I, when I'm not working, I've found that I'm actually really um, grateful to work on campus even though it's a bit of a commute. Because it is a nice environment for getting things done. So, the third floor of the library has all these different working stations all around the edge of the whole third floor. The second floor has it too, but as the tour guides will let you know when they're taking tours through the first floor of the library, you get a really good view of the sunset on the upper levels Um, so it's nice at night or evening getting to see the sunset and working from the third floor you can look out over some of the woodier parts of campus in the distance Um, and it's nice it's the third floor is also silent so it's nice to get work done while knowing there are folks around you you're not holed up alone in a room somewhere but everyone's there to get things done and it's it's a good it's a good spot
0: how about you, Mashari? Do you have a favorite spot at any of the libraries, either any in the past or present?
1: Yeah, so um, my favorite spot would be the fourth floor of the Rick Library. So I mainly work on the third floor, and that's where everybody is. But the fourth floor, like, it's very slow. It's just kind of mainly like people's offices and um, the special collections. Um, and I did a class with special collections um a couple years back so that was kind of my in you know my intro to the library so it's kind of like almost like nostalgic of like the early 2020 part before the pandemic (laughs) like you know so um so yeah so there's some tables that are set up that I like to sit at um there's these really big windows so the sun's always coming in and um like throughout the fourth floor like there's a big portrait of James P. Adams and like all these other art um you know around kind of it's just kind of like history all the way, especially cool. yeah so um so yeah so it's just kind of nice to walk around and or to just sit and like, no, no one's gonna really bother you all too much while you're trying to do homework. So <laughs> nice, nice.
0: I'm not surprised. I mean, those both sound like really good views and um, secluded spots in those libraries. So I will have to check them out sometime myself. Well, I am going to thank you both for joining me, and thank you to everyone who is listening. If you'd like to respond to the last chapter topic, you can send us an email at, downtime at cranstonlibrary.org or reach out to us via social media with the hashtag downtimecpl. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime.
3: Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Elena Rios, Nomi Haig, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent those of the Cranston Public Library. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Cranston Public Library name, in all forms and abbreviation, are the property of its owners, and its use does not imply endorsement or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. The content of this episode is the property of the Cranston Public Library and may not be reproduced without express written permission. Join us next week for more Downtime.